Okay, so the recording is starting. We're going to begin with our presentation for today. And I don't know if I need to turn this off. Just a moment. Okay, I'm going to stop that. So we'll just have the recording, no transcription. Um, today we're going to be talking about what expectations are for volunteers supporting the CERT class coming up in August. Um, I'm Carly Pasconis, the Emergency Preparedness Coordinator at the City of Kirkland. I'm the CERT Program Manager, and we're going to hear a little bit from Heather Kelly, the City Emergency Manager. So I'll turn it over to her. I feel like we're on some formal podcast or something. Thank you, Carly. <laughs> uh, Tom and Jim, I just I want to take just a minute. I've got to run to another meeting here. We've got a lot of planning going on with our um, loss of Bill Hoover. And so um, we'll be working on honoring him. And so I apologize, but I do have to go to a meeting regarding that. But I just wanted to take a moment and thank you guys for stepping up and all the support you've done in the past and just say how much I'm looking forward to you taking a uh, more defined role in instructing and facilitating and helping out with the students. And we're really excited to rebuild the volunteer cadre of instructors that uh, we haven't had for a little bit. So thank you guys for that. And Carly's got some great information for you to help answer a lot of questions to make it more comfortable for you to step into that role and help us out. And we're just really looking forward to having um, more participation and more classes and just really pushing the CERT forward program forward to the next level. So thank you both. Great. Thank you. Hi, Bobby. Hey. Um, Heather just gave some information. If you want, you can go back and watch it later. Just a thank you to people taking the time. Um, we'll be sharing information about expectations and things for more defined roles for volunteers for moving forward and appreciative for having people help us support the CERT program and building it up more and having more people to support. Um, with the passing of Battalion Chief Hoover, we're assisting with some things, though Heather needs to wear a couple different hats and she's off to different meetings. So it'll be me today, but I have a great presentation prepared. And we're going to go through, people may watch this later, but we're still going to just talk through our points that we have. I appreciate you guys giving me your time, so I want to try and be mindful of that. Um, this might take the whole hour, but if it takes less, I'm always open to giving people time back in their day. So uh, we covered the basics, and most of you know us and the OEM staff from previous encounters, so we're not starting from the beginning. We're going to move on. We're going to get to know you all a little bit more. So it'd be great to hear your name and your neighborhood, of course, because that's how we start most of our CERT programs. Um, if you remember when you did CERT training, great. If you have a year or cohort number, that's okay too. And then hoping people are willing to share a bit about their background. Um, if you come from a, like a school setting into something or you come from what career experience or if people are retired from a career and into a different career just to get to know what sort of skill sets and tools people within our own little cadre have and can play on and offer to each other so I'm going to let you guys share for a bit and let's start with Todd and then we'll go to Bobby hopefully and then end with Jim. Sure um let's see I'm Todd I've 
Where am I? Uh, Lakeview neighborhood? I completed CERT a while ago. I don't remember the year, but I did it because my previous bowling job was had to do some training like CERT, and they went expecting me to do the same stuff after four hours. So then I came to Kirkland and got more training. Um, so that's, I guess, my background in that. But I also do photography, so if I could ever help anyone out, let me know. But yeah, that's all I have, I think. And what do you do for your job at Boeing, Todd? Oh, sorry. Or what have I you done? Supply, I'm a supply chain analyst right now, and I just got back Sunday from, I was in South Africa for a week visiting the suppliers, so, yeah. Thanks for sharing, Todd. So he knows how to get stuff. We'll go next to Bobby. Hi, um, I'm Bobby, and I am in the Kingsgate neighborhood, and I completed my CERT training um, last year, and my background is in um, the arts, so no um, emergency <laughs> background, but really excited to learn more and get it, getting more involved. <laughs> and do you mind sharing a little more what you've done? Have you coordinated people or programs or initiatives or supported? For CERT specifically, or just oh in, no, for oh, your no. realm, for the arts, and <laughs> oh, what you've yeah, done with yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Um, let's see. I was a registrar, so I traveled um, museum exhibitions around the world. So coordinating crews and coordinating shipping and travel and all kinds of stuff. Security for artifacts <laughs> and emergency and safety. Um, for museum objects. <laughs> oh, wow. So different words, but we work in the realm of chaos. So anybody who has experience with that can come play in our sandbox. So, okay. And last but not least, Jim, take it away. Hi, I'm uh, Jim McMurdo. Um, my neighborhood is Fen Hill. Um, I completed CERT training in uh, 2016, and I only remember that because my oldest was 16 at the time. He was a uh, November baby in uh, 2000, and uh, and he had to be 16. I think he was just turning 16 uh, to be in the class, so we did that. Um, I worked in software for over 25 years. Uh, I worked for uh, Eddie Bauer for almost 20 of those 25 years. And I was um, on Eddie Bauer's uh, safety committee for uh, many, many years, including the safety committee chair uh, for, I think, four or five years. And, uh, and safety has always been um, important to me. Uh, when I was laid off from Eddie Bauer recently, um, well, I guess in 2020, um, I decided to go back to school. So I'm getting my degree in uh, Homeland Security Emergency Management. And uh, background has just been um, kind of shadowing you guys uh, in the CERT classes, helping out wherever I can, and uh, looking really forward to, uh, to having kind of a more defined role in Kirkland CERT program. Can you hear me now? 
Yeah. I think I'm off mute. Yes. So that's a great lead in to our next points that we're going to be covering. We're talking about volunteer expectations. So we're going to just go over some of the high level things. We've had some help from people in the past, but hoping that by giving more defined information, people feel more empowered to step into positions to support. So within volunteering to help support the CERT class, uh, we do expect professional conduct in the classroom. So although people are volunteers, um, we also want people to be aware that you are a representative of the Office of Emergency Management and the City of Kirkland. So when you're in front of classes, in front of the community, you are a city representative in that moment. Um, so with that, you want to be mindful of comments that you share. So things that you might, you know, be pretty relaxed about, maybe saying with your neighborhood or people that you know around the street or maybe in the grocery store. Um, you may need to be more accountable to things that you say. So please be mindful of comments that you make and topics that might be touchy uh, to be saying as a office or city representative. So a couple things to be mindful of. Um, and if you don't know what to say, you don't always have to say something. <laughs> Somebody else will step in or if you encounter something and you're uncomfortable or you don't want to speak to something, uh, I defer to that nod and smile and look in somebody's direction and they usually pick up on the, hey, please help me with this. So <laughs> we're always going to step in to help you guys out if you need. And it's better to sort of be aware of like, hey, this may be a little bit more outside of my depth. Please help me. You don't have to say that out loud because we do want our volunteers to look confident, competent, and capable in front of the class students. So just be thoughtful about subjects that are not related to CERT that get off uh, topic. Sometimes the community members in the class do have some comments about things or um, maybe political figures or recent events or news. And we try to segue back to what we're there to talk about, which is CERT. And if you don't know how, it's okay. One of us will figure it out. So you don't have to be the one with all the answers. It is a team. Um, and then going back to our bullet points, uh, we're asking that people com communicate early if changes to the planned session occur. So if you can't make it to something, um, we do not want people to come. If you're sick, if you're not feeling well, if somebody's death has happened and somebody's in the hospital, you do not need to come to help facilitate CERT training. We understand your people. You have people who are near and dear to your heart and important to your life. Let your people come first. That's fine. Please communicate early and often if something seems like it's coming up. Um, and otherwise, outside of those circumstances, please come to class. Please come to help support class because we're hoping to be able to rely on our volunteers for some things and to build more of a program. And to do that, we need people to come when they're scheduled to do so. Um, if something changes or you see something coming up ahead of time, just please email us. And later on, I'll be sharing my phone number and like other correspondence, my work phone number, which you can call and get a hold of me because I'm only at my desk when I'm at my desk for, you know, regular work hours and CERT is not one of them. And last but certainly not least is when we're in our classroom, whatever room that will be or in an outdoor classroom for CERT, we are fostering an inclusive learning environment and accommodating different learning styles because people come with a diverse set of needs into our CERT classroom and we do our best to accommodate that. 
to the best of our ability. Sometimes we're not always able to meet people's needs, but we'll endeavor to do the best we can within the abilities and confines that we have. So we do let students know in uh, previous class emails when we communicate out to them if they need any adjustments or changes made to the curriculum or the way things are done, they can email us or to please let an instructor know before class. We do want to set our students up to succeed. That's our biggest thing. Okay, now this is getting into some more of the details of now that we've covered the high level policies ideas, we're going to talk about actually setting up the classroom and this facilitation role is going to be a big component. Um, mostly what we're looking for help with from you all if you're not going to be the person in front of the class talking. And there's a lot of little steps to this. You don't need to remember them all right now. I just wanted to try to capture some of the nuances of getting different sessions set up and what it might look like so you guys aren't caught by surprise. So before each session, the following steps, we're going to go over them, need to occur. And some basic things, but it's good to talk about, is even how the tables and chairs in the room are set up. We do need enough chairs for all of our students. Um, sometimes we do play musical chairs with instructors if there's uh, not enough seating, but we're gonna see a visual of that soon. And depending on what units we have and how many students we have in class, we'll really be dictating what configuration we wanna be using for the day. So sometimes that might look like a U shape, or I guess this is an N here technically, um, where the front of the room is here and there's usually a uh, drop-down screen at station 26 and these are all individual tables and the gray are intended to be students or people who are around the tables as well or we might be looking at rows in the front of the room is here a couple of tables set up um, usually there are a number of tables in the room so we'd be reconfiguring what was there and setting up the seats as well or we might be looking at doing clusters so um, if you're not sure what these mean later when we're getting things set up, we're doing rows or U-shape or clusters, um, we could use the resources we have in the room, like whiteboards, and just doodle it and figure it out. When in doubt, you can always ask, and we want, we're want we hoping for help and for more people, but if people don't understand what they're doing, they're not as much help. So <laughs> it's a key component of it. So this will vary sometimes if um, there's different numbers of students who can come week to week. We're hoping to communicate early and often with this group right now to let them know you do have to be at all classes and hoping to have a definite number of students from the first class that carry over into the end and graduate. So these are just what we might do for different sessions of setting things up. Um, obviously for here, we don't have a set amount of space in a PowerPoint slide, and that'll be the largest thing dictating how we set up um, later in person in the classroom. And then this is going into more details. So this is like if you're looking down from a bird's eye view. So when we're setting up for a class, we need to include a couple things. So already there'll be tables and chairs in the room. So in this scenario, we've already collaborated and we set them up in this N or U shape, what have you. We did a great job and it looks fantastic. And now we need to get some of the other pieces set up so the room is ready when the students come in. So we need to have a sign-in table by the entrance. Usually this is stored in the room. It would be if you can see this doorway um, in the bottom right of the screen. Sometimes there's some supplies. I don't know if you all can see the mouse right here, but in the lower right hand corner, um, there's what's marked as a doorway. And through that is where we get some of our additional tables should we need them. Um, but staff will assist with that. We don't expect um, 
our volunteer support to be going into like additional spaces in the fire station. So we would put out a sign in table and then there's some supplies and items that we need to include on that table and they would be in our cert box. So we can see this list of things here, um, sign in sheets, cert notes, a waiver, emergency worker form, schedule with the class time breakdown and then the final review and then the answer sheets that correspond to that. So that's going to be in our handy dandy cert box, which will look like this. And then when you open it, everything is labeled in there of what you want or could need. So if you know you need sign in sheets, they're right there in the front. Or if you need cert notes, we're going to show you what those pages look like in a bit. Um, so it should be easy enough to know I need the cert box, I need to set up the sign in table. So I'm going to get this and lay these things out. Um, there's also a couple additional items that are in the cert box as well. So that's things like pen, uh, utility shutoff tools. There should be two of them. Duct tape, because you never know. You just need duct tape. And we also have some name tents, name tents that are in there and expo markers. They are not permanent markers. It should only be expo markers in the box. And those uh, we want to get the same colors and size and shape back because sometimes there's some that live in the room where we do our training. So this is the items that are in the cert box and I'm going to show you how they would be set up for the room to be ready for students. And so this is the sign in sheet um, because people at the start of the cert program only for the duration of the cert training, they're signed up as emergency workers. So then we need to have them sign in on this corresponding emergency worker form at the beginning of each class. So that's what that looks like. So when we're setting up the room, we have the sign in table and then we need the sign in sheet. And from the previous page, it has the details filled out. I should have these already pre-filled out. So if anybody can just take the form, make sure it's the right date and then set it on the table. So it'll already have the mission number, the date and the location. So people should only need to put their name. And then again, this is what the sign in sheet will look like. And then it's gonna go over here on the table. There we go. And then next we would need pens. So we'll put those out on the table too. So people have a way to sign in. And then on the list as well with cert notes. This is just a sheet of paper that um, I formatted and called it cert notes. So people have something to write if they want additional notes during the session. And we'll talk a little bit more later, but ideally there'll be one per student per session. We can also have more printed if it helps to have facilitators be able to take notes because sometimes when students have comments or questions, um, we'll kind of look to the back of the room and be like, OK, we'll make a note of that. If we're nodding and doing that at you and we hear we'll make a note of that, please write it down so we can have it captured later so our staff can take action on that later. Um, or if there's something you want to remember for yourself, that can help as well. So we should have a couple extra available for that. So um, we would just want to check the number of students we'd have and put that number of these out on the table and facilitators are welcome to grab some if they would like as well. And so we have our cert notes. They look like this. They would go over here on the table. They don't have to go exactly like this, just an idea of how space fills up. Then we also have these CERT loaner manuals. Um, we do not print the hard copy manuals for our students in an effort to be green within Kirkland values. So we do have some rentable uh, classroom loaner manuals and we do bring a couple. I want to say we have around five or six that we do bring to each class session. So there are only a few available 
Um, and we do say that they're rented because they're intended to stay in the classroom. We don't want people taking them home. And we provide the cert notes so people don't need to write in these manuals because we do take them back. So they can have a notepad or a note sheet to write information on if they want to follow along in the manual. And we do let people know that we don't follow it like exactly to the T, but we do cover all the information. If people like to go line by line, they might get a little bit frustrated. So we do try to let our students know that, that it's a flexible course, adaptability, all those good FEMA words. Um, but we try to really embody it. And then the manuals, they're available. We give them the link before class of how to access these materials online because we do live in a society and a point in time where it is our friend, the technology. So if they want to at their home or computer or download it or on their iPad, what have you, um, they're able to look at those as well. So we have a couple available. They look like this. They're in binders and they will likely be over here or they might be in like a tote bag under the table with just one or two on top of the table. Um, and we wanna make sure, please help us out, make sure people don't walk off with these. They can either leave them at their spot on their table or return them to this sign-in table over here. And this is very important. Uh, there should be enough name tents for all the students. If we have enough, we're able to bring one for the instructors and facilitators, that's a bonus. Um, but we definitely want students and their other students to know their names, the people next to them. So ideally, they'll put their name on both sides of the tent. So I'm going to put my name here so you can see it, but I'd also want it on the front so people across from me can see. And then when we're in the classroom, we need our name tents. They look like this, and then those would be on the table. So people would come in, grab a pen, put their name on the sign-in sheet, grab a note page if they like, and then fill out their name tent. Um, and then they would go to their seats. We're going to talk a little more detail about what first day might look like and things we need. Um, so in the room, there's also a couple of things. There's like a sink in the back just for a better idea of the room. There's usually a table or two that are in the front. And then there's a snack table. This is not a collapsible table. This is like built into the room. But if we're getting ready and we're getting the room set up. So now we've done the tables and chairs. We've done the sign up table with the sign up items. And we're going to make sure if we have some cookies or items for like coffee or tea, we want to have that set up on that back snack table for our students so we can keep them engaged because some of the class sessions are at night after people have already had a full day. So we want some snacks to keep them attentive throughout the session. Um, some other items to think about in the room up here is where the podium will be. So that's likely where instructors will stand behind when they're talking with students, but that doesn't necessarily mean they need to stay there. Um, sometimes instructors want to be kind of closer to the students, maybe a little less intimidating, so they might stand in front of the podium to talk with the class or refer to things. Um, sorry. And then in the back, we usually have an additional table. Um, and this would be like the instructor facilitator table, but there isn't going to be enough space for everybody to be there all at once. So if we do have staff there, sometimes we have to be on our laptops to get some things done or check on other items. So we like to have here, like on the far left, there's an outlet near this half wall there or full wall. Um, so we like to let our staff be able to be closest to that. And then for other people, if we don't all fit at one little snug table, there's other places you could be in the classroom. Um, you could stand in the back near the snack table and then you're near the snacks, but also in the back so you can see like if people have questions or if they've comments or we have to kind of go back to something, you can kind of just give a point from the back, which is sometimes a good place to be. 
Um, and then helping like monitor time during the sessions helps too. Sometimes we have a small clock that's on that little podium, um, but we don't always have a clock at the back of the room. So sometimes it helps to have somebody be like, you have five minutes left or you have 10 minutes left or like wrap it up sort of thing. We try to help each other with that. Um, but generally we time it pretty well. But if new people are teaching a section, then we might need to support a little more. Or uh, facilitators could also be over here. Usually there's a lot of extra chairs in the room. So there might be some over here by that sign-in table. Um, those people there, there's also some windows behind them. So if it's a time of year where the sun is starting to set, it becomes very bright. So we just wanna make sure the windows that are behind those little purple dots right there, sorry, <laughs> gray dots right there are closed. So we're not uh, blinding our students. Or there's also this option, there's usually chairs over on this side as well. And that's where people could be before they're doing like hands-on activities. So just to know like what the classroom will look from an actual bird's eye view when it's set up and places you can be and spaces to go and whatnot. Um, and then the doorway in the upper left corner that goes into the quarters of the fire station. Um, we wanna be respectful of the firefighters. So ideally we, uh, or, Volunteers and students are not going through this door in the upper left hand corner In the upper right hand corner on the top. That's the one to go out to get to the bubbler or the water fountain or the restrooms. And then the doorway that's in the upper right on the right hand corner. Um, that's how you get outside. So sometimes we might need to prop that door open or be available to go outside if we're going like outside and coming back inside from a session. Um, and then the two doorways that we see at the bottom near the front of the room. Sometimes we have supplies that are stored in those closets over there, but we want, want to make it a habit of like keeping a lot of supplies there. We might just need to grab something because there's often supplies and items that the firefighters have in there as well. We don't want to like encroach on their storage space and whatnot. So just grab something and go if you need to. If we're saying it's in the closet, it's likely in one of those two. Um, if you don't see that cert bin out or the cert box, the black one we showed a couple slides ago, it's likely um, in one of those closets that are at the front of the room. Okay, and then here just showing that sometimes we're gonna outline when we might need help with facilitating something in the front of the room. So we might need people to come up and help to demonstrate something. So we see the two additional people, the gray dots in the front of the room, ready to help and uh, sort of demonstrate whatever is needed in that situation. So now let's talk about some of the class information. This is sharing the dates and the times that the students will be in the classrooms for each class session. And generally, um, this could be flexible depending on people and like individual needs and who's coming to what session. But generally, these are the times that we would ask people to arrive for each session. Don't worry, they don't change too much between the four. Um, and if some people can't come until like 5 or 5.15 or you're coming from work, just please let us know and communicate with us. Um, this is just trying to leave time so we can talk with you about this process, getting the room set up and facilitated and making sure we have time to kind of go through some of those items and not just throwing you in and being like, go do it. Um, so we have a little bit of time to help learn and understand and know what we're really doing to get the classroom set up and get things prepared and how to set instructors up for success for the sessions. And then the last day, hopefully people will be there at 8 a.m. because um, we'll have volunteers coming to be moulaged. And then we'll also have our radio team volunteers, hopefully. Um, and it's just kind of coordinating people and getting the drill ground set up. And it's a lot of parts, so it would help if we had more hands for that one.
And then we're just going to talk at a high level for the most part about facilitating class and what sessions cover which units. So the first two are usually disaster preparedness and CERT organization. So this is the one class where we don't have a ton of planned hands-on activities, which is okay, but depending on the class size, we might need to um, shift some of the information from the second session so we're able to more quickly get to hands-on in the second session. But that will be seen in like the class times outline that you'll see later as we get closer to class and we know more definitively how many students we have. Um, the second session, units three and four, so it goes over disaster medical operations. Uh, three, this isn't, I did it by like the number order, doesn't necessarily we do these units in this order when we get like the time frames and stuff. So we might do like six and then five instead of five and then six. So session three is we do disaster psychology and then fire safety and utility controls. Uh, session four, we do light search and rescue operations and we talk about terrorism. Then we kind of have a hands-on activity to try and get people thinking about um, how to be successful during the drill. And then the final drill day, we do a total review. So we go over a review packet we give to our students. And then from there, they do their final drills. We have lunch in the middle. We feed them. We feed us. We feed you. Everybody gets to eat, which is great. We're happy. And then we do another drill. They're not always aware that there are two drills. So please don't keep that cat in the bag. Just keep it a good secret because they're not always aware of it. Um, so we'll do second drill and then we'll have graduation. Um, for the first session, like the needs for help with facilitating, this is kind of high level, but just trying to give an awareness to you guys so you know. This class isn't so hands-on, so we need help with the classroom setup. And then this first day, it's important that we collect the paperwork from students. And we don't necessarily like want it splayed out on the tables because people are sharing like their phone numbers and emergency contact and things like that. Um, so we, it would be helpful if people are able to like keep a list of who's submitted all the forms and completed it because if people need to complete these forms, whether it's the emergency worker or the signed waiver, we want that completed before the end of the first day. Um, and then class needs sign-in procedures, so we just went over like what sign-in table looks like and what items we need there. And then like we talked about, ensuring all students have completed these two forms and then just helping with classroom breakdown. It's resetting it from how it was prior to us moving the tables to what it was. So then the people who will be in the classroom, the firefighters the next day for meetings or whatever it is, are set up and they let us keep using that space for cert. Um, the second session is similar, so we need to set up the room, we need to get sign-in procedures covered, um, and then this day, this does have more hands-on activities, so we might need help with assisting supplies of like handing out gloves, because then we do the activity putting on gloves, and then the ketchup, you have to take them off, so it can help to have people assisting with that, and then also we're going to go over um, doing head-to-toe, so we might need somebody who would be comfortable having head-to-toe being demonstrated on them, which means you most likely was like on the ground on a blanket, and then somebody will do head-to-toe on you, and they'll be talking through what they're doing. So you just have to be comfortable being patient and in front of a group. Um, and then there might be a possibility, depending on the class size and the weather and what's going on with the firefighters, um, we may need to set up one of the bays, like the garage space, uh, for the students to do uh, 
some of their head to toe and other hands-on activities that we're going to be doing. So it can help to have like a triage tarp. It's just like a big tarp. It's either red, yellow, or green. Probably be good to use green or yellow, just morale, um, and have that laid out so students just aren't on the floor of the bay. So there's just a little bit of something there for them. And then this session, we also would be passing out Barbies for them to do a quick like size up of what to do with people who are injured and how to prioritize. And then helping with supplies or handing out supplies um, when we do hands-on activities to go over fractures, sprains, strains, and wounds. We want to make sure people have the right tools for the job, but we also sometimes like want people to think creatively, like if they brought a sweatshirt or they have a magazine or something like that, they can use other items to be a little more creative. And then, of course, reset the classroom, help break down. Uh, so this day is more like moving stuff and setting stuff up compared to the first day. First day is more paperwork oriented. Um, and then this session, we do a lot of hands-on, have some photos just to give people ideas of like what each session ideally will be. So this one, we need to do regular uh, class setup and sign in prepared. And then here we also have, I say search supplies, it's like the backpacks, the helmets, um, the eye protection and the gloves that you're seeing in these photos. Ideally is laid out at each student's spot. So we'll know how many students we have. They all get the same supplies. So it'll just be, um, one small tower of supplies per student. Um, and we sometimes we like have some supplies that's in the backpack and some that's on, um, depending what's what. And we can go over that the day of. And I wrote PPE here. I expect most people at this point would know that's personal protective equipment, but just in case. Um, so that would be set up at the start of class, that those items and that equipment. And then this day is the day that we do fire extinguishers. So sometimes the fire extinguishers are like just outside of a vehicle on the training grounds and it needs to be moved over to an area. And we usually need at least one fire extinguisher in the classroom to when we talk through how to do pull, aim, squeeze, sweep. So it might the fire extinguishers like one might need to be moved to the classroom or other people might need to move a couple of the fire extinguishers from a vehicle or from um, like a garage bay to the training grounds where they're gonna be used. It just depends, we don't really know, but sometimes those need to be moved. Sometimes they can be heavy, so if people are willing to work in buddies, it helps to get those so nobody, we wanna make sure people are safe even before the class started. And then also in the cert box, I mentioned there, there will be utility tools. So those need to be, it just, somebody could be instructors or facilitators it helps to know that somebody has the utility tool to use to shut off the water and to practice utility controls um, and then once we're done with that activity that it gets put back in the cert box so we can keep an eye on where that is and then of course classroom breakdown and then the next session this one goes over uh, search and rescue operations light search and rescue and some of it goes over lifts and carries we also talk about terrorism and a, it's like a hands-on thought activity in addition to the hands-on you can see here. So again, we have set up and sign in and then assisting with setting up the burn trailer for search and rescue operations. So normally one of our staff or it could be one of our facilitators um, would help to move certain doors within the burn trailer because they can be moved and shifted. So it kind of looks like a hallway and then maybe apartments on the inside. Um, I don't expect this group to like take point on that, but you might need to help assist somebody with that. Um, and then when people do search and rescue, we try to use rubber duckies and then put rubber duckies around in the burn trailer. Um, 
and that's fun. I'll elaborate on that more when people are there before the session, but um, yeah, that one was very fun in our most recent training. And then a portion that we would need help with, just like more eyes and ears when we're doing hands-on activities, especially in the burn trailer, because we can't be everywhere all at once like that movie. Although it was fantastic, we cannot do that all the time and be everywhere and everything all at once. So it helps have more eyes and ears, especially people in the burn trailer. Um, so that might be one person like in a specific spot in there, one person like moving with a group. When you're moving with groups, you are eyes and ears. So it doesn't mean like jumping in or telling people what to do. You're just there as like a a safety person. It wouldn't intervene unless something is specifically unsafe that people are doing. Um, so ensure. And then the next one is speaking about when there's some practice of lifts and carries of people. So people are being moved. It's often the instructors or facilitators volunteering because we don't want students moving the other students because it's more dangerous. <laughs> and so we would have instructors or facilitators checking and we want to ensure that our students are moving the person safely. Um, so that's a point there as we see this person, we would want eyes and ears around to make sure that person is being moved safely um, and kind of talking through it a little bit before that person is even lifted. And then at the end of this session, we hand out the review packets we have for students. It's like a take home homework assignment to review all of the information, everything, and then break down the classroom. And then for the final drill, um, classroom setup and sign in. I bolded this this time because um, drill day, we do want to make sure everybody who comes is signed in, even um, the people who come to get moulaged, the people who are the survivors and the KECT volunteers. Um, and we want to kind of keep them separate from where the classroom area is because we're trying to still keep a bit of a surprise to the students. So it may be helpful to have people greeting moulage and radio team members in one area and then some people helping in the classroom. Um, this day, there'll be a lot of moving parts. And as listed here, we want everybody to be signed in. And then people could be doing different things, but just some ideas of what can help this final day would be like assisting with the final review. Um, going over that packet we gave them the last time and part of this could be like being the go-between between knowing like okay the people and also mentioning um, knowing how the timeline is going once people are moulaged the survivors are ready and they're in the trailer or they're placed around the drill ground so we have an idea of like where the students will go in and move through so sometimes that's tasked to one person or one group and the people in the classroom don't know how everything is going sometimes we can text each other to let them know like okay go out to the drill field now but sometimes it also helps to have somebody like poke their head in and like and then we'll start the drill from there um, and so that's speaking to the point of like when the drill actually occurs um, and if we have the people and they're interested it helps to have somebody uh, assist with Jeopardy that could be like the judge or the caller of who made their noise thing first because sometimes that's hard so I would like to have a third party for that if we have the people and somebody's interested um, and then a good point here of again being eyes and ears for the final drill we don't intervene unless there's an immediate safety concern and we've been really lucky these past couple cert drills uh we've had actual fire staff who's been able to be sort of the safety officer for the drills and be the person who is the interrupter of hey this isn't safe this is why correct it 
tell them how to fix it and then let them continue playing. So really the facilitators and instructors then just get to be eyes and ears to make notes and see what's going on. Because then afterwards, when the drill is finished, we debrief and we give them input on how you can do it better, especially after the first time, because the second time they can take that input and put it to action. Um, and we want to keep it positive. We want them to know, hey, you covered one, two, three basics. Great. And that's above and beyond what we would hope people could walk away with. We'll talk more details about that, like before each individual session, like the high point of what we hope they can do and before the drill as well. Um, and then lunch support. Everybody loves lunch because we all like to eat food. But there's some details of that and logistics that we sometimes need help with. So it could be like meeting the delivery driver or like getting the many uh, often boxes of pizza that the del delivery driver brings and then getting the food and then setting it up where it is. And then if like bags or things need to be switched over, getting that done and also making sure that our other support volunteers. So the radio team and the moulagers and the people who are doing the moulage makeup are also getting the pizza and lunch and snacks and items because we need to make sure everybody's fed because everybody's helped. Um, and then we begin the second drill when the moulagers and those people are ready. And then the students sometimes have a false sense of, okay, we're done, accomplished, I ate lunch and I'm comfy, now I need to go and do drill two. So sometimes that is a surprise to them, but we try not to make it too much of a surprise, but it's always a little bit of mystery to have some chaos. And then at the end of it all, we have to break down the drill field and the classroom, which is sometimes a big to do, but if we have more people and more hands, it is a big help and we appreciate any help you guys are able to provide. You don't need to come to every session if you're not available. We can't expect that. But if you can come to at least one, we do appreciate it. And today we're not talking about specific items for like what units people are teaching or the high points of that. We'll probably talk more offline about that or if people individually or possibly like a small group because it sounds like some people are interested to help with facilitating and go over going over those items. But this is just high level facilitation, hands on, getting used to being in the classroom. And this would be a great way to get some experience assisting with the class. And then there's a train the trainer later in the year. I'll be sharing more information about that soon if I haven't shared it with some of you already. Um, so you can look at the date and time that it would be. I believe it's usually during the week um, from the person who facilitates it. They are an employee of the state, I believe. So they're confined to like somewhat regular working hours during the week. So I'm not sure if that works for all of you, but we'll share those details. And that's just about what I have for you today. So we can talk comments, questions, or if we wanna go into more details of things, looks like we still have some more time before the end of the hour. I did wanna say great presentation, Carly. Thank you very much. Um, it's great to have that kind of concrete information down. So thank you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was very good. I, it's going to be a different perspective, not just being student or a, a dummy to be used. <laughs> I should be able to help out as, on most days. Yeah. Okay, great.
All right. Well, I'll give it another moment, but it sounds like you guys sound good and positive about this. I know there's some people who had some conflicts with today, so our whole group wasn't able to all be online together. Hopefully we're able to be um, in person soon and some of you can meet each other. Um, our hope is that we can have a good cohort for helping to facilitate CERT classes. And if people are interested in possibly teaching more, seeing how this time goes, go to train the trainer. Or if you have already, then you don't need to do that again um, and get more experience in the classroom in front of the students and getting more refined at these skills and teaching and facilitating and those sort of things if it's in your interest. And then in bigger than this next class, the hope is if maybe Redmond's or the Bothell CERT um, OEM program needs assistance with things, then we're able to say like, oh yeah, this person, five stars, they're great. And we've had them teach this unit and they do really well because um, a lot of the offices around here, the OEM uh, are small teams. We're small, but mighty and we get a lot done, but we're also figuring out ways to make best use of people who are engaged and excited and they want to help and give some hands and support. So we're not going to say no to that. We're just going to try to make sure it's um, the Kirkland way. And there's some things that I will say, we hope if you're able to help others out too, that's great. Um, there are certain things our Kirkland program is very lucky to have because we have fantastic leadership support for our program here, which is great. Um, some programs, support looks different to their programs so just keep an open mind and i think some cert programs do know kirkland has a lot of support for ours so if they look different or certain programs are doing the best with what they have they're doing their best and that's what we ask of people whether it's cert students or other programs or what have you so um the biggest thing is we tell people if they want to come do cert here but they go to redmond or if they live in bothell we let them know we want you to be engaged with where you live because that's where you can likely do the most good um so things look different place to place okay i'm gonna stop recording